Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. I feel like I have so much to say starting this, so I guess I'll just dive in. Think on Your Feet is back. If you're new to Think on Your Feet, it's possible, I guess. Think on Your Feet is where I or Peter play through a scenario for your listening pleasure. It sounds like it shouldn't work, should it? Because it's me playing, you can't see what I'm doing. It's an audio-only format. But I think it does work. I hope it does work. It seems like people enjoy them. And there's that sense of joining me at the table, the two of us working out what we're going to do and trying to work through it. However, I'm changing things up a little bit. And this time... I'm going to start playing a campaign that I've never played before. I'm face-checking a campaign live on air, as it were. I mean, it's barely live because I can edit it and fix things. I've really resisted doing this in the past. The reason being, there are so many rules that one can get wrong in the heat of the moment. And I really like the stuff that I put out for people to listen to, to be of a high quality. And I don't like sort of, you know, a silly mistake. Oh, I moved somewhere and there weren't, wasn't actually a location connection or I forgot to put a doom because I was busy talking. It can be really easy to make mistakes when you're also describing what you're doing. So trying to just dis- play correctly, describe playing correctly, also talk about lines of play. It adds lots of layers. But I think, you know, basically I've decided, forget that. I might make mistakes, but I thought it was worth it to do this. So the other thing I'm really worried about is that if you haven't played this campaign, you might not want to listen to this because you want to face check it yourself. So I'd really invite you if you want to experience the face check experience of a new campaign, but with me, please join me. Settle in, sit back. I'll try and go nice and steadily so that we can picture everything together and make our way through it. And we'll, yeah, give it our best shot and see how we go. The campaign I'm playing is Dark Matter, a fan-made campaign. I'll give you a little bit of flavour from the start. He mentioned the establishment of the dynasty in Carcosa, the lakes which connected Hasta, Aldebaran, and the mystery of the Hyades. He spoke of Casilda and Camilla and sounded the cloudy depths of Deem and the lake of Harley. That's giving you good Carcosa vibes? Great, settle in. We're going to dive in and see how we go. I'm playing as Amanda Sharp, and I'll tell you more about Amanda when we get there. And we're going to be playing Scenario 1, the Tatterdemalion. But let's read a prologue first and get into the zone. You turn over the folded program in your hand, reading it for what seems like the hundredth time. Miskatonic Playhouse presents The King in Yellow, it reads, A special one-night engagement at Arkham's very own Ward Theatre. An irresistible drama in two acts. Production staged and directed by Nigel Engram. The cast is a small ensemble with one unattributed credit at the end. The Stranger. To have such a highly anticipated play come to Arkham all the way from Paris is a noteworthy event, even if it is just for one night. For weeks leading up to the show, it was the talk of the town. It seemed so unassuming. And yet, you have evidence something sinister is at work. It started with the disappearance of one of the stagehands at the theatre, a boy of only 17 who missed rehearsal one night and was never seen again. Then, less than two weeks before the performance, there was the musician whose corpse was found with a gun in its mouth. Perhaps most chilling, 
was the crazed man the coppers had picked up in Independence Square who had been ranting and raving about the King's return. He was brought to Arkham Asylum, and you were surprised to discover he was not alone in his delusions. Finding these events suspicious, you and your companions have delved deeper into the matter. Although no connection can be proven, these weren't the only strange events surrounding the up-and-coming play. Instances of suicide and madness have followed in its wake, and you are determined to discover why. The lights in the auditorium dim, and a spotlight shines on the stage. What unfolds is not quite what you expected. I mean, you could say the same about reading this prologue. It feels uncannily familiar. Slow-paced and monotonous, the first act of The King in Yellow is a tedious bore. The setting and characters are compelling, but the meandering and nonsensical story does little to entertain or inform. You begin to wonder whether the dreadful events surrounding The King in Yellow aren't connected after all. Perhaps it was just your overactive imagination. How could such a trivial and unassuming show cause such pandemonium? You're surprised when the first act closes without any rising action or revelation. The lights rise for the intermission, and you consider leaving early, stifling a yawn. Before you're able to decide, however, you find yourself drifting. Drifting. To sleep. Proceed to Scenario 1. The Tatterdemalion. Scenario 1. The Tatterdemalion. Which, by the way, I, I love as a word. I think it's fantastic. You awaken, entombed in ice. Your skin, your organs, even your bones are cold. You can't move and it's hard to form coherent thoughts. A tingle of warmth slowly spreads through your veins. When your eyelids finally thaw, all you see is a large pane of frosted glass. What is going on? Where are you? One moment you were in the ward theatre, watching the tedious theatre performance, and the next, in a cryosleep chamber. Cryosleep. Despite having never heard the word before, you instinctively know what this procedure must be. Your mind may not recollect, but your body has been through this cycle of freezing and thawing many times. The thought of being familiar with something so foreign to you disturbs you to the core. When the warmth eventually reaches your fingers, the glass window slides open and releases you into a dark, metallic room. The control panel next to your tomb delivers its computerized announcements. Welcome back aboard the Tatterdemalion. The current star date is April 4th, 2147. You look out the nearest window, only to witness a black canvas of infinite stars and a colossal cerulean sphere, the planet Neptune. The thought of drifting through the infinite expanse of space does not frighten you, for you have lived your entire life in space, not in your past life in Arkham, but in the person you embody now. As you begin wondering how much stranger this dream of yours can become, a loud, blaring alarm echoes through the vacant ship. Wow. Loving it so far. I hope you don't mind my robot voice. It reminded me, um, the thought of being familiar with something so foreign to you disturbs you to your core. I'm just reading Ursula Le Guin's The Lathe of Heaven. And in that, I don't think it's much of a spoiler, the main character can dream things that change reality. So if he dreams that uh, overcrowded city is now no longer overcrowded, when he wakes from the dream, it's no longer overcrowded. And he can remember that it was overcrowded, but everyone else, its entire fabric of reality has shifted to accommodate this new present. 
which means the removal of all the memories of how it used to be. So he lives this double life of knowing how things were and then how things are. And everyone else just thinks that he's insane. And yeah, the thought of being familiar with something so foreign to you disturbs you to the core sums that up really nicely. At this point, huge shout out to Keris. Keris organized a printing of Dark Matter and I bought a copy. And that's why I'm doing this. As you know, I really love playing with my actual cards and recording with my actual cards. I'm not averse using digital methods, but for me, that's what gets me going about Arkham. So that's why I'm able to record this because I have this in front of me and I'm not doing it on the computer. Okay, Tatatamalian, we're in space. We've just woken up from cryosleep. I've collected the cards from the Tatatamalian, Anachronism and Dark Past. I've set aside the artificial intelligence encounter set. I've set aside the virtual access key story asset. I've created the scanning deck and I'll tell you about scanning when it comes up. I've put the locations into play and we begin at the cryosleep quarters and I've shuffled the remainder of the encounter cards to form the encounter deck. Let's do agenda, act, let's look at our locations and do opening hand. Agenda 1A, emergency procedure. As you try to make sense of the situation, an alarm blares through the chambers and interrupts your thoughts. Alert, engine stability at 7%, system power critical, requires immediate attention. You cannot resign. Beware, if this agenda advances, the ship will explode and everyone will die. Seven doom. <laughs> you can't see, but I was just um, almost holding my head in my hands already. We've got seven turns to stop that happening. Act 1A, Event Horizon. That What a start. It's funny, as I was reading the intro, I was thinking when it said just then an alarm sounds, I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to get to explore this spaceship. It's going to be so cool. It's like, no, you're not. You're going to die. This could be a very short thing on your feet. Act 1A, Event Horizon. Your body aches and cramps from the extended cryo sleep. How long have you been trapped in your frozen tomb? Where is the rest of the crew? These questions will need to wait, for you must first find a way to get the ship back online before the reactor engines overheat. Objective. Investigators in the engine room may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to repair the power malfunction in advance, and it's two clues. Our chaos bag is plus one, two zeros, three minus ones, two minus twos, a minus three, and a minus four. It's pretty, pretty standard there. And then two skulls, two cultists, autofell, and elder sign. Skulls are minus x. X is the number of AI encounter cards in your threat area. So skulls are zeros. And cultist is minus two. If you fail, place one of your clues onto your current location. So minus two and drop a clue. It's not lose a clue, at least. Should we do opening hand or should we do the map? Let's do the map. There is, and this is the fun challenge describing maps to you, picture a cross, a T. No, a cross. So you have at the top of the cross, the infirmary. Below that, the mess hall. And below that, cryosleep quarters. And to the left of mess hall, you have the cargo hold, and to the right, the ship's bridge. And everything basically connects into the mess hall. I note as well that the mess hall, the ship's bridge, and the infirmary all have a second location symbol, which is the green two bars, and that location isn't in play. So there must be something off to the top right that they connect to. Then from the cargo hold, you can go diagonally up to the left, and you get to the escape pod bay, which connects back to the cargo hold. Or you can go diagonally down to the left and you get to the engine room, which also connects to the cargo hold. So you've got this cross, 
and then you've got two little wings out the back. And if you can picture that, it looks a little bit like a spaceship if you're looking at it from above. The ship's bridge at the front, these two, the infirmary and cryo sleep either side, and then out the back, these two little wings, which is pretty cool. We start in the cryosleep quarters. Human interstellar space travel was only possible due to the invention of cryo chambers capable of suspending the body's autonomic functions while maintaining the health of each individual cell during stasis. Art is a kind of pretty typical blast door, spaceship door. Wow. On the other side, the art is those kind of glass cryosleep chambers. It's two shroud and a clue. It has a resign action, return to your cryo chamber and hope you wake up from this nightmare. But we cannot resign, according to the agenda. The room looks like a funeral parlour, with six human-side boxes lined up along the walls. Cold light shine down from the ceiling, illuminating every corner. As I said already, I'm playing as Amanda Sharp, the student. She's got a stat line of 2222. A forced effect at the start of the investigation phase, draw one card, discard the card beneath Amanda Sharp, choose a card from your hand and place it beneath her. She has a reaction that's been errated to forced. At the start of a skill test you're performing, commit the card beneath Amanda Sharp if able. Do not discard it when the test ends. And her elder sign is a zero, but you double the icons on the card beneath her. Seven health, seven sanity. I draw a shortcut, a promise of power. I've got a plan, a perception, and whispers from the deep, which I set aside, drawing me into an inquiring mind. Hmm. Well, slotting perception is not a bad thing right away. Put perception in, investigate, move, hopefully investigate again. What else do I need from this hand? Do I just keep this? I've got this safety-ish of I've got a plan. I've got a lot of icons in Inquiring Mind and Promise of Power. I've not got any assets, but this deck does run pretty asset light. Ah, and sorry, there's one other thing I just noticed. The ship's bridge and the cargo hold, the art of them is kind of red rather than the grey of the blast doors. Ship's bridge says, investigators cannot enter the ship's bridge from the mess hall. Your access level is restricted. You'll need to find another way inside. Ah, we'll need to find that green two bars location. And the cargo door says the pressure door leading to the back of the ship needs to be rewired as an additional cost to enter the cargo hold investigators in the mess hall must spend one clue as a group. Okay, I kind of like this opening hand. Yes, no assets, but it's lots of icons to deal with whatever challenges are ahead. A little bit of defense in I've got a plan, and the shortcut is nice. The reason I like shortcut with Amanda in particular is trading a card to get another use out of whatever card's underneath her is quite nice. So for instance, if we slot perception now, investigate, move and there's no clues at mess hall maybe we use the shortcut to get someone and get another chance to use the perception so yeah i'm going to stick with this hand we could be searching for other cards but she has this innate draw ability so i'll give that a go we don't have any economy but then we've only got a three cost event in our hand and nothing else and we're off i draw the occult lexicon well that's nice i can get that down at some point for zapping things. So yeah, I'll put perception underneath us. We're now four intellect, and I'll investigate here first action. Four on two. Minus two. Get the clue, and it draws me a card. It's an unexpected courage. That's nice, opening nice hand. Why have I chosen Amanda? 
Well, I've chosen Amanda because I love playing as Amanda. And I think she's a really fun solo investigator. She's got that weird stat line that all twos. But I like how reactive she is. And particularly actually face-checking something. I quite like an investigator who can more or less turn the hand to anything. Yeah, the, the big risk with playing solo seeker is being able to deal with enemies. But I find that between lots of wild icons to evade or running, say, a manual dexterity, but then also running some explosive burst events, she can kind of get by. So, yeah, that's that's why. So I'm going to second action move into the mess hall. The mess hall is the centre of the ship, well, that makes sense, both physically and spiritually. Without social bonding, the isolation of space would take its toll on anyone. It is one shroud and two clues... It has a reaction ability. When you gain any amount of resources during your turn at the mess hall, gain one additional resource, limit once per round. Gaining resources during... So if I played an emergency cache here, I'd gain four resources instead of three. No signs of human activity. There's enough food to feed the entire waking crew for months, even years. And I think last action we just investigate again with four on one. Zero. I get a clue, and the perception draws us a card. It's a crack the case. That's not too bad. Probably not cracking the case here for two resources. Enemy phase, nothing. Upkeep, we draw Jeremiah Kirby. We go up to six resources. It's not my turn getting those resources, so the mess hall doesn't give me an extra resource. And my hand now is three skills. Promise of power, inquiring mind, unexpected courage. Three events, crack the case, shortcut, I've got a plan. And two assets, occult lexicon and Jeremiah Kirby. Jeremiah is nice, it's a plus one intellect. And also I'm really using it, Not I haven't made an odd or an even deck, but I'm using Jeremiah if I need to find something in particular. So for instance, I'm running the Dream Diary. So if I really want the Dream Diary, I can put down Jeremiah Kirby and say even. And I'm also running Dream Enhancing Serum, and I could put down Jeremiah and say odd. Most of my events, I think, apart from I've got a plan, are even. Burning the Midnight Oil, even. Crack the Case, even. Cult Invocation, even. Shortcut, working a hunch. Yeah, so even is normally the better thing to shout. But shouting odd, it's the two I've got a plans and the two Dream Enhancing Serums, which is nice. Perception stays under me now. Doesn't go until next round. I place one Doom, we're at one of seven. This is the scary moment. I've sleeved all of the cards. Well, I've sleeved the cards because I like to play with sleeves. I've seen glimpses of cards, but I've more or less avoided looking at them. So I couldn't tell you what the breakdown of this encounter deck is like or anything. So yeah, let's go. Let's see how we do. High radiation levels. The art is like bright orange, red, splurge. It's a hazard. Revelation test agility or combat three. If you fail, deal one direct damage to your investigator and to each ally asset you control. If you control radiation tablets, you automatically succeed at this test. The biggest source of ionizing radiation is from solar particle events, the repercussions of having a sun. Let me check that I understood that. Agility or combat three, if I fail, it's just a direct damage to me and I don't have an ally asset. So do I want to put any cards in for one to stop one damage? I think the answer is no, and we just go for it. I'll test agility, so I'm two on three. Zero. Fail, one damage. I'm on one of seven. 
first mythos done. When we go to the investigation phase and draw a card, it's obsessive, which is my basic weakness. Put it into play in my threat area. When my turn begins, discard one non-weakness card at random from your hand. And it's a double action to clear. Ugh. But before I do that, still in the investigation phase, I get rid of the perception and I can slot something else. I would be tempted to slot the Inquiring Mind here. Mm. This turn, I think, is just clear obsessive and try and get this last clue. If I keep the shortcut, I could shortcut into the cargo hold. No, I won't have any actions left. So yeah, I'll put I'll put the Inquiring Mind in. It's a little bit overkill to get that clue, but I may as well, because otherwise I, I lose it. And this is me shuffling my hand. The random card I lose is... Unexpected courage. Okay. Bit nasty, but there we go. Double action clears obsessive. And then single action lets investigate. There is a clue on my location, so I'm at five on one. Zero. Clue. Super short turn. Upkeep. I draw a manual dexterity. Go up to seven resources. Mythos. We go to two of seven doom. And my encounter card is... Artificial gravity malfunction. Another hazard. Is this a good protective gear campaign? Attach this card to your current location. While you're at attached location, each move action and action ability costs one additional action. And reaction at the end of the round, if you're at the attached location, discard artificial gravity malfunction. Hmm. Okay. Mythos ends. We discard Inquiring Mind and draw a card. It's another manual dexterity. Oh, for the Dream Enhancing Serum. And we need to pick something to slot. So let's look ahead. If I want to move to the cargo hold now, it's going to cost me a clue and a double action because of the artificial gravity malfunction. So then have one action left. Or I could shortcut and I'd have two actions left. Another option here is to play Jeremiah and seven resources that will take me down to three. Potentially, you know, draw cards or play something else like the Occult Lexicon. Maybe take a resource and it would count as taking two here because the gravity wall function doesn't stop the reaction. So I'd waste a turn here so that I would get rid of that gravity wall function. The reason I'm, I'm pausing about this, let's think big picture, this mess hall is a very central location. It's connected to the cargo hold, the infirmary, the ship's bridge, and the cryosleep quarters. So if I leave now, it costs me one action. I'm guessing I need to get back to the ship's bridge, so that's going to cost me another action. Maybe a third if I end up traversing the infirmary. At which point is it better to just stay here? Although it doesn't cost you an extra action to move in. So as long as on my way back I end a turn here, that would get rid of it. So it would just tax me one action. Because I'm just wondering if I can do anything worthwhile with three actions here. And Jeremiah seems a worthwhile action. Maybe a cult lexicon is a worthwhile action. But, I mean, even doing Jeremiah, I might overdraw then. So I'm not going to do that. Which leads to the lovely next question of what do we put underneath Amanda? More than seven resources. Maybe we pop crack the case underneath. Gives us pretty weenie stats. But we don't, I'm, the, the, I, I was thinking, do I put Promise of Power underneath? And it would be a real shame to put Promise of Power underneath and then not take any tests this turn. So yeah, over to us. So I'm going to shortcut, first of all, 
So it's going to cost me one action. I have two actions left into the cargo hold, which also costs me a clue. It's two shroud and one clue. As you step through the door, you see dozens of corpses, mutilated and mangled. Scrawled on the floor in blood and gore are the words, no hope. Forced, after you enter the cargo hold, test willpower two. If you fail, take one horror. I'm two on two, I'm not going to commit anything. Cultist, minus two, if you fail, place one of your clues on your current location. I take a horror. That's kind of nasty. I've got two actions left and I now don't have the two clues to advance. I'm a three on two investigating here. I think we play Jeremiah, say even, hopefully draw us into some more icons and then investigate last action and try for a clue. With Jeremiah down, we'll be two up. Down Jeremiah goes for four resources. After he enters play, choose even or odd, reveal the top five cards of your deck, draw each card with a cost that matches the chosen option, shuffle the remaining cards back into your deck. Now, Jeremiah isn't an amazing pick for Amanda because you have lots of skills that have no cost, but I'm hoping to upgrade from Jeremiah into Witten Green, and you'll see as the deck evolves, if it evolves. And at the moment, the deck is not so skill-heavy that it's a problem. Right. I see a Dream-Enhancing Serum, which is odd, a Whispers from the Deep, which has no cost, but then I also see a Jeremiah Kirby, an Occult Invocation, and a Burning the Midnight Oil, so I draw all of those. Three out of five, not bad. With a solitary action left, what do I do? I'm on eight cards in hand. They are a Jeremiah Kirby, an Occult Invocation, an Occult Lexicon. <laughs> I've got a plan, Burning the Midnight Oil, Promise of Power, and two Manual Dexterities. I think we investigate. We're a four on two, and I'm going to play Burning the Midnight Oil to get two resources for doing that. I'm going to discard a card anyway. It's great to get the two resources, and that takes us back up to five resources, so we're in good I've-got-a-plan range. Zero. Clue. That is our turn. We did the shortcut, which cost an action, play Jeremiah, which was, I think, pretty good, and then we got a clue. Upkeep, we draw an Inquiring Mind, and we go up to six resources. We're on one of seven, one of seven for damage and horror. We hit three of seven doom. We are only one location from the engine room with the right number of clues, but I think we just keep collecting clues and see how we go. And our encounter card is Reminiscence, Pledge. This is a pact. It's hidden and has peril, so I can't talk about it with you. Secretly add this card to your hand. Reaction. When an investigator would defeat an enemy at your location, heal all damage from it instead and discard this card. It has victory zero. Forced. When the game ends, or if you're eliminated, if this card is in your hand, add it to the victory display. Okay, so to get rid of this, we have to kill an enemy and actually just heal that enemy. And when the game ends, or if we're eliminated, this gets added to the victory display. Weird. Well, it's particularly nasty for Amanda because we like a nice full hand and that's just going to eat up our hand. Crack the case discards and at the beginning of the investigation phase we draw another occult invocation. What do we slot underneath us? I'm just reading the flavour on the engine room. Although nuclear ion engines allow for relatively safe intrasolar travel and can power all nominal functions of a Kepler-class starship, 
this type of generator is prone to overheating. Our choices here are the other inquiring mind, which we just drew. We could clue, move in, we'd have an action left. The reason I read the engine room flavour is I'm thinking, if it's a burning room, if it's sort of super hot, will it make us test something when we come in? Maybe agility or combat to kind of combat the heat. So do we actually put a manual dexterity under us? I think we do the inquiring mind. And unfortunately, we're probably going to discard a card shortly, but that's that's okay. So first action, investigate. We're a three, six on two. Skull, that's a zero. We're up to three clues. Second action, into the engine room we go. It's four shroud and a clue. The huge room hums. The vibrations under your feet are so thick, they reach straight through the soles of your shoes. Everything looks and feels too hot. Oh, that's really good for engine room description. At least we're out of that gory cargo hold. It has a forced effect at the end of your turn if you're at the engine room and do not control radiation tablets. We should have gone to the infirmary, I reckon. Take one damage. One damage we can put on Jeremiah. That's not the end of the world. We've got one action left. We can just spend the clues right away now. So I think we do them because we're at the engine room. We have the two clues. It doesn't say at the end of the round. It just says investigators in the engine room may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to repair the power malfunction in advance. So I think we do that. Maybe it forces us to take another action in the engine room, in which case we're taking a damage. That's not the end of the world. Or if we can just move on, we'll go back into the cargo hold. We're probably taking another horror then for the willpower to check because... There's no clues in the cargo hold, which means we can't commit inquiring mind. Right, spending two clues, advancing. We have a clue spare, which is nice. Systems online. As the nuclear ion engines begin their reboot sequence, the emergency lights shut off and leave you in darkness. You see glimpses of an image, of a memory. A great golden palace stands before you, older than time itself. A throne befit for a queen reigning over the infinite void of a sunless space. When the main fluorescent lights return, an ear-piercing scream resonates out of the intercom system. It is the sound of several children's roboticized voices crying out in unison. Intruders detected! Go away! Please, leave us alone! Shuffle the set-aside artificial intelligence encounter set into the encounter deck. Along with the encounter discard pile, this set is indicated by the following icon. It's a circle with a vertical line in it, and then to the right of the circle, a large vertical line. So it's almost like an eye, but not quite. Advance to Agenda 2A and Act 2A. Do not remove Doom from play and transfer all Doom from Agenda 1A to Agenda 2A. Agenda 2A, the ghost ship. The computerized voices sob and sing snippets of nursery rhymes. The ship's lights flicker along, the automated hatches snap open and closed. The Tatadamalian has a mind of its own. Again at seven doom, so we're on three of seven. There's an action here. If there are no clues on your current location, scan. Search the topmost card in the scanning deck with an icon matching your current location and draw it. Shuffle the scanning deck. So let's talk about scanning. There's a set-aside deck here of 10 to 15 cards. It looks like an encounter deck, except along the bottom of the cards they've added, the designer has added location icons. 
So almost like the location icons you'd see at the bottom of a location, they're on the bottom of this deck. And scan is a new action that they've added for this campaign. It's just what's described there. So at the moment, I'm in this maroon sand timer is, this, is the symbol. You'd recognize it if you saw it. So what I would do is look at the top card of the scanning deck, which currently has a green symbol on it, and I just keep looking through the deck until I find a maroon sand timer, and I'd reveal that card. So yeah, a little bit like Explore, but rather than looking for connections, you're looking for something that matches your location. And I'll add that what Scan says is, such abilities are generally used to find story assets, story cards, or locations in the scanning deck to help progress within each scenario and are usually but not always initiated using the activate action, which is exactly this. It's action, if there are no clues, scan. I'm not sure what's in the scanning deck because I've not looked in it, so that in itself is fun. We have a single action left, and unfortunately we're overdrawn. Let's, shall we just try and get this clue? And then we're going to take a damage on Jeremiah, which is not the end of the world. And then we're set up here to scan here and maybe move to the cargo hold and scan there next turn. We are a six on four investigating at the moment. If we're going to lose cards, why don't we commit something? We'll commit one. Oh, we'll commit the other Jeremiah to be three up. Cultist, minus two, pass. It's the end of our turn. We're at the engine room. We don't control radiation tablets, so we take a damage. Upkeep, we draw Dream Enhancing Serum. Well, that would be nice because we've got two pairs in our hand and we got to seven resources. We hit four of seven doom and our encounter card is cabin pressure. It's hidden and peril. Secretly add this card to your hand. Oh, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We should have discarded something last turn. Hmm. Maybe the occult invocation. At the end of your turn, if there are one or more clues on your location, take two damage and discard cabin pressure, and then it's also a double action to discard. So it's in our hand. Our hand is now eaten up by reminiscence and cabin pressure. We discard Inquiring Mind and draw a card. It's working a hunch. We need to pick something to put underneath us. I think we... Do we put the Promise of Power underneath us? Our hand is Dream Enhancing Serum, two occult invocations... I've got a plan and working a hunch, and then promise of power and manual dexterity, and the cabin pressure and the reminiscence. So that's a hand of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. If we play Dream Enhancing Serum, our hand is then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. We're actually safe for hand size. So our turn could be play Dream Enhancing Serum, scan here to see what we get, and then maybe we leave the engine room and it's done. And then if we're moving to the cargo hold, there's a willpower two check, and if you fail, take a horror. So we could put promise of power underneath us. If scanning draws us anything bad, I don't know what's in that deck, whether there's sort of treacheries, we'll have the promise of power to test. And if not, we'll have the promise of power for the cargo hold. Okay, I've sold it myself. First action, play the Dream Enhancing Serum. I love this card. I don't know if it's a good card, but I just think it's great. So it's three costs. Only the first copy of each card in your hand counts towards your maximum hand size. So those two occult invocations now count as one, and the two manual dexterities count as one. So if we ignore the treacheries in our hand, we have one manual dexterity working a hunch. I've got a plan and occult invocation. We kind of have a small hand now. And it has a reaction after you draw a copy of a card that's already in your hand. 
Reveal both copies, exhaust the DES, and draw another card, which is lovely. Second action, scan. If there are no clues in your current location, there aren't. Scan. Search for the topmost card in the scanning deck with an icon matching your current location. So like I said, ours is this weird maroon sand timer. First one is green. Second one is maroon sand timer and pink moon. Let me just check what I do with the set aside cards. If the topmost card does not have a matching icon, place it face down next to the scanning deck. After the action is ended, shuffle each card next to the scanning deck back into the scanning deck. Okay. What type of ship is this? Near the stern of the vessel is a large structure of human bones and skulls. At the top of the creation is a wax sculpture of a female figure in a yellow dress. The sculpture itself must be at least a hundred years old. It all seems so surreal and sad. In front of the strange altar lies a scroll which holds the first draft of a new prayer being written to a Tisilda, royal princess of Carcosa. You are certain you've heard this name before, but you can't recall when. Now that's interesting. Do you think that's meant to be Casilda, and it's just a typo? Or is it riffing on Tisilda Casilda? I don't know. Each investigator at your location adds one tally mark next to their memories. Memories are something that you track throughout this campaign, and each individual investigator has their own set tally of memories. It's not something shared amongst the group. Because I'm playing solo, it doesn't matter too much. But yeah, we get a memory. You must either choose one, place one doom on the current agenda, which would take us to five of seven, and add this card to the victory display. This effect may cause the current agenda to advance, or remove this card from the game. It's victory two. Losing time is bad. I know there's another agenda after this. 2vp, we've seen none so far. It's pretty nice. I think we gamble and put the 2vp and we go up to 5 doom. Can't wait to be told how I was wrong. We don't really want to end our turn at the engine room. We've played DES, we've played, we scanned. So last action, we move back to the cargo hold. And after you enter it, test willpower 2. We're a willpower 6, we add a curse. Drop the token. Cultist, pass. That is the end of our turn. Upkeep. We draw a Eureka. Love Eureka. Maybe my favourite card. And we got five resources. Mythos takes us to six of seven doom. I hope that wasn't a mistake. And our encounter card is decompression. Attach decompression to the nearest excess location. Well, this is great. Every location has the trait Tatterdemalion. There are three access, access locations. The escape pod bay, which is just up to the left from us. The ship's bridge, which we can't get into. And the cargo hold. At the end of the round, each investigator at the attached location, without the EVA suit story asset, takes three direct damage. Discard decompression. Flavor text. Splat. Well, we don't want to end our turn here at the cargo hold then. Fair enough. Investigation phase. We draw a working a hunch. We have a working a hunch in our hand, so we'll exhaust Dream Enhancing Serum and draw again. It's Whispers from the Deep. Well, that makes our decision pretty easy. We put Whispers of the Deep underneath us. Hand is a Eureka, two manual dexterity, two working a hunch. I've got a plan, two occult invocation for one, two, three, four, five cards. Six cards, five cards, five cards. 
Cabin pressure hasn't affected us because that's at the end of our turn. If there are one or more clues on our location, take two damage and discard it. We don't want to end our turn here really because of decompression. So we need to decide what we do. We could two actions clear cabin pressure, one action leave. We wouldn't go scanning at this location. Ooh, do we just ignore the escape pod bay? We do two actions clear cabin pressure, one action move back to the mess hall. And at the end of the round, we'd be at the mess hall and we'd get rid of the artificial gravity malfunction. Alternatively, we go to the escape pod bay and next turn would be a, I don't know, a scan, say. We'd need to get a clue there as well. It'd be like clue, scan, try and get back to the mess hall. This might be the right time when we just ignore the escape pod bay. One thing we need to assess and that we can't assess on a face check, there are seven locations. There are a lot of cards in that scanning deck. We're probably going to need to get through them pretty pretty steadily. And it's whether we need to do every location or whether we just need to do a few. If we need to do every location, going back to the mess hall now and missing out on the escape pod bay seems like a bad idea. I think we definitely do two actions clear cabin pressure. And then it's where do we go? And I think we go to the escape pod bay. Escape pods are an essential asset of any starship. Even though the chances of finding a pod drifting through endless space is infinitely minuscule, it offers travellers peace of mind and hope. It's three shroud and a clue. After you succeed at evading an enemy at this location, defeat that enemy. Group limit three times per game. Slammed together like compacted teeth are the three empty coffins. Further inspection reveals that the escape pods have all been sabotaged. It's the moon symbol here. That's our turn. Well, Whispers of the Deep hasn't bothered us. And this suggests to me that there are enemies in the deck, even though we've not seen any. Because, yeah, <laughs> we've seen a few different enemy-related things. Upkeep, Dream Enhancing Serum Readies, we draw a Perception. Go up to six clues. Decompression discards at the end of the round. And we hit seven doom. Please don't be a misplay. <gasps> it's an enemy on the back of the agenda. UPL A21 Deem. Unmanned power loader. Five fight. Three health per investigator. So three. And two evade. AI machine elite. Spawn at the cargo hold. So just away from us. Hunter. While moving or engaging, UPL A21 Deem ignores investigators without an AI encounter card in their threat area. While moving or engaging, it ignores investigators without an AI encounter card in their threat area. Flavor, target acquired. It's victory one and it hits for a cool three damage. So for hunting, it would ignore me, so it just wouldn't move. It's just going to sit in the cargo hold unless I draw an AI encounter card which ends up in my threat area. Agenda 3A, Rise of the Machines. The ship's AI is reaching out to every machine to manipulate, to control. Hopelessly lost in its own insanity, it will stop at nothing to exterminate the intruders that are invading its home. There's an action ability. If there are no clues on your current location, scan. Search for the topmost card in the scanning deck with an icon matching your current location and draw it. Shuffle the scanning deck. It's nine doom, and I think this is all that's left. Man, if 
UPL A21 theme was here, we'd just evade it and chug it out of the escape pod. That would be brilliant. But it's not even going to hunt to us. We still need to draw an encounter card, so let's draw that and then make a plan. It's AI! It's an AI card. All-seeing eye. The art is like one of those red red eye cameras. Put this card into play in your threat area. As an additional cost to perform a scan, discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until an AI encounter card is discarded and draw it. Oh, wow. So scanning just gets you more and more AI attention. And at the end of your turn, test agility three. If you succeed, discard all-seeing eye. We discard whispers from the deep and we draw I've got a plan. We have two I've got a plan, so Dream Enhancing Serum draws us Dream Enhancing Serum. Okay, some proper thinking to do here before we put anything underneath us. We can kill UPL A21 Deem pretty easily. We've got two clues, so I've got a plan will kill. Also, Occult Invocation, we could discard a couple of cards for plus two and also kill. It is a difficulty five. So for either of those, we probably want to put Perception in to boost. I'm wondering if we buy the clue here with Working a Hunch. That would give us three actions here. And I'm wondering if we slot a Manual Dexterity underneath us. Because, yeah. The other option is we don't worry about clearing All-Seeing Eye. Deem hunts to us, hits us for three, which is a big hit. But then it's with us in the escape pod. And we could just evade it. And wow, in fact, Reminiscence Pledge, when an investigator would defeat an enemy at your location, heal all damage from it instead and discard this card. So we could try and evade it twice, in which case we'd put the other manual dexterity under us next turn and we'd be two up. We could chuck it out of the escape pod bay twice. So if that's the case, what are we putting underneath us this turn? If we put a manual dexterity underneath us, we have a chance to clear up all-seeing eye at the end of our turn. We're going to probably get another AI encounter card before that. Well, we are, because we're going to scan. Oh, this is a brain burn at this point. Got a big hand of cards, which I like the demand. Other option is we head into the cargo hold right now and just try and kill Deem. But if we do that, then we've missed out on scanning at the escape pod bay. And I like this line. I put the manual dexterity underneath. Pay two, working a hunch, we're on four resources, get this clue. First action, scan. As an additional cost to scan, discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until an AI counter. Oh, there we go, straight away one. This is predictive algorithm. Amazing art as well. It's an eye with like loads of... Oh, it looks like it's been created by one of those um, AI art programs. Put it into play in your threat area. You get minus one to each of your skills while fighting or evading AI enemies. Ugh. And as an action, choose and discard two cards from your hand to discard it. But that lets us scan and we're looking for moon. Four cards, five cards, six, seven, eight, nine. Wow, tenth card down and there's another four. So yeah, I think it is a 15 card deck. The moon is an EVA suit. Revelation. You may put EVA suit into play under the control of any investigator. Double action. If you're at an excess location, that's the escape pod bay, the cargo hold, or the ship's bridge, move to another access location, then scan. Search for the topmost card in the scanning deck with the icon below, which is the purple star, and draw it. Shuffle the scanning deck. Well, I'm definitely taking that. 
So that was first action, that scan. Second action, I think we get rid of this protective algorithm. And we can chuck a dream enhancing serum. And maybe one of our two I've got a plans because we don't have the resources. Or, yeah, and I think we're accepting that Deem is coming to us unless we pass this agility test, which is possible that we pass. If we pass the agility test, next turn we move in and try a big hit on him. If we fail the agility test, it's going to hunt to us and hit us. So what do we do with our last action? It's a tough one. I don't think we scan again, because I don't think there'll be anything else there. We don't want to do the double action on the EVA suit, well, because we only got one action. Although that could be nice, to, it'll be a double action to move us to the cargo hold, but that would only be one action and scan. So that's fine. If you're at an access location, move to another access location. Investigators cannot enter the ship's bridge from the mess hall. Your access level is restricted. You'll need to find another way inside. We put the suit on and we can go out of the ship and round to the ship's bridge. It doesn't say move to another access location connected to your location. That might be what we're doing next turn or in a future turn. I think all we do is take a resource. We don't want to draw because we'd overdraw. Resource is fine. We don't need to investigate here. And uh, at the end of our turn, we test agility three. We're a four on three. And we give this a go and see. We kind of actually want to fail this so that we take a hit from Dean. Minus two, fail. So all seeing eye is still attached. Enemy phase, in it hunts. It hits us for three damage. We'll put two on us and one on the suit because uh, we have an AI card in our threat area. Upkeep, we draw an unexpected courage. Our hand is unexpected courage, perception, eureka, manual dexterity. Working a hunch, I've got a plan. Two occult invocations, which count as one. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then also this reminiscence pledge. Go up to six resources. Hit one of nine doom, and our encounter card is reminiscence sequence. Hidden, peril, secretly add this card to your hand. When an investigator would discover any amount of clues from your location, place one of their clues on that location instead of discovering clues to get rid of the card. And when the game ends or if you're eliminated, this goes in the victory display as well. Ugh. Well, I mean, that's not too bad because it doesn't disrupt our plan. We draw a card at the start of investigation phase. It's burning the midnight oil. We discard the manual dexterity underneath Amanda and put the other one. I think we do this play. We try and chuck it out of the... Yeah, this works for getting rid of Reminiscence Pledge. We're two up, evading. Do we Eureka this? Yeah, let's do it. Three up. Zero. UPL A21 Deem would be uh, chucked out of the lot, the door, but instead, when we would defeat an enemy at our location, heal all damage from it instead, and we discard Reminiscence Pledge. Put a little marker to say that we've used that ability once. We draw a card from Manual Dexterity. It's the other Eureka. And Eureka looks at the top three cards of our deck. It's the Dream Diary, Crack the Case, and Promises Power. I guess we take the Dream Diary and hope to play it. Although we're running out of time. Yeah, we can still make it work. Our deck is just four cards now. It must be Dream Diary, Crack the Case, Promises Power, and one other card. Which I can't think of at the moment. We've seen two courages, we've seen two promises power. Hmm. It'll come to me in a minute. 
Okay. A second action, we try and evade again. We're two up. I wonder if we've gone about this the wrong way. And just a single... Oh no, because we wanted to do the two kills to get rid of Reminiscence Pledge. I don't know what it does when it's added to the victory display, but I'm guessing it's bad. <laughs> so yeah, I think that is the right line. I was thinking, oh, we could have just done one action to kill this with a with a, a cult invocation. It's like, yeah, we could have done, but then we'd heal it and we'd need to do that again. And that's passing a difficulty five check rather than a difficulty two check. Right, so we evade again. Do we put anything in? Let's put in this burning the midnight oil. Minus three. Perfect. It's evaded. We'll chuck it out of the lot, the airlock. And that's a victory point. And for our last action, we'll play the dream diary for two. Oh, we draw a card from manual dexterity. It's the other dream diary, which means dream enhancing searing draws us a promise of power. Got our order right. At the end of our turn, we need to test Agility 3. We're 4 on 3. I do really want to clear this now. I'll put Eureka in. It's going to draw us one of the last few cards, which is Crack the Case or the other thing. 2 up. Elder Sign. Uh, 4 up. That gets discarded. Eureka triggers. Ah, it's Obscure Studies. It's our signature. We'll take that, and then Manual Dexterity triggers, which draws us another card. So we've massively overdrawn here, but that's okay. Upkeep. Phew, wow, that was a big turn. Big turn. We take a horror because we've looped our deck. It's a shortcut. So let's look at this hand and work out what we're keeping. Well, we have Reminiscent Secrets. That's the one where we have to fail at getting a clue, or get a clue and then do it twice. Then we've got Promise of Power, Unexpected Courage, Perception. That's our skills. We've got one Dream Diary. We've got two Occult Invocation, a Working a Hunch, Obscure Studies. Oops. And I've got a plan, Crack the Case, and a Shortcut. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We need to discard three cards. The Dream Diary definitely goes. I wonder if we get rid of... So we need to get rid of two more. Do we get rid of both Occult Invocation? And it's only one slot. Yeah, so if we get rid of both of them, we have to get rid of more cards anyway. So that's not a good call. We're on four resources, so I wouldn't mind keeping the crack the case. So does that mean we get rid of I've got a plan and working a hunch? We've got a shortcut left if we need movement. We've got crack the case for a burst We've got Perception, Unexpected Courage, and Promise of Power as nice boosts for Amanda. So yeah, I'll get rid of the Working a Hunch, and I'll get rid of the I've Got a Plan. Scarily. That's what we keep. You, I mean, there's. I don't think there's a right or wrong there, because you could argue get rid of the Perception and keep the Working a Hunch, and then you've got the option, do I pay two for a clue, or do I put it underneath me and it would be the same boost as Perception without a draw? And then likewise, I've got a plan. It's like, do we actually keep that? Because you can trigger another Dream Enhancing Serum draw off keeping it in hand. But given that we've only got four resources, although I like being able to land a big kill, I think I'd try and rely on the Occult Invocations instead. I get a resource as well. Sorry, I didn't do that. I think I didn't do that. So I'm up to five. We hit two of nine Doom. And our encounter card is Anachronism. It's Madness and Paradox Traded. Revelation. 
test willpower 3 for each point you fail by either discard a non-story asset you control or take one horror we're on two of seven horror granny orn why are you in space well let's try and pass this let's obscure studies this so i can return the manual dexterity to hand and put obscure studies underneath me and that makes me a five on three i think that'll be good give it a go Skull. There are no AI cards in our threat area. That's a pass. What do we do this turn? We draw a card at the start of the round. It's a promise of power. Dream Enhancing Serum taps to draw us Whispers from the Deep. Well, that makes our decision easy. We put Whispers from the Deep underneath us. Second time. Do you see why I like Dream Enhancing Serum? It feels like it just adds value gently. So I do want to try and translate the Dream Diary. I've run in this deck, as you can see from the list, Shrewd Analysis. So I get two Dream Diaries for the price of one. You'll see that this deck runs kind of big hand. So in a way, getting any of the Dream Diary upgrades is fine by me. They're all, I think, really good. So I think first action, we search our bonded cards for Essence of the Dream and add it to our hand. And then there's the reaction after you succeed at three or more during a skill test to which Essence of the Dream is committed, recording your campaign like you've interpreted the dreams. Do we search and grab it now? Maybe not. I think first we do the EVA suit. We're at an access location. Double action, move to another access location. We'll go to the ship's bridge. Investigators cannot enter the ship's bridge from the mess hall. Your access level is restricted. You'll need to find another way inside. I hope this works correctly. Into the ship's bridge we go. And it's three shroud and a clue. There is a whole bank of instruments and controls. It will take some time to decipher how to read them. After you perform a scan at this location, if there are no clues on it, add one clue on it from the token bank. But this says, if you're at an access location, this is the EVA suit, move to another access location, then scan. It's not the same as the scan on the agenda, so I think I'm allowed to proceed and I'm looking for purple star. It's the fifth card down, the first one anyway. It's another story card. Strange as the night. Donning the EVA suit, you leave the pressurised atmosphere of the ship to climb across the outside of the vessel. The tatterdemalion appears much larger from the outside. You barely see the access point on the other side. It will take some time to traverse the ship. As you glide forwards, a glint from above catches your eye. A yellow and green flare undulates in the canvas of space. It dances in the sky and entwines into a singular design. Rings of concentric semicircles lined with strange runes, and at the centre is a pair of wavy lines. You've seen this symbol before, during the presentation of the King in Yellow. However, this wasn't the one in the Ward Theatre, but an amateur performance in the cramped and industrial interior of the Tatterdemalion. After the strange lights fade away, you realise you completely let go of your tethers and were beginning to drift away. With a small thrust of your suit's reaction control system, you grab hold of the ship once more and hastily climb your way to the next airlock with a much firmer grip. Add two tally marks next to your memories, so we're up to three. Add this card to the victory display. It's victory one. Wow. Absolutely loving this. That is so cool. We just coasted out into space and then we're wondering what we're doing. So we can't scan at the ship's bridge, our objective is figure out how to repair or disable the insane cybernetic AI you'll be instructed when to advance. Well, that's kind of scary. Maybe in the ship's bridge it will help. And if we want to scan here, we're going to need to clear the clues. 
I'm wondering, can we give this a good stab at clearing? We're two on three here. If we put in a promise of power, that takes us to three up. If we pass, we could get rid of this reminiscent secret, and we could plan to pass again next turn and crack the case. So let's do that, yeah. Plus one, well, mega pass. Promise of power's discarded. We get the clue here, even with whispers of the deep underneath us. And when an investigator would discover any amount of clues, place one of their clues on that location and discard reminiscent secrets. Well, that clears that. That's mainly good for hand size management. Fans of the show will know I freak out about hand size management. I think we're still going to be overdrawn, but that's not too bad. Whew. Okay. Gathering thoughts. We're in the ship's bridge, which is good. We can't scan here because even though we cleared the clue, it went back. We're on to upkeep. It's a Jeremiah Kirby. We hit six resources. Hand is Jeremiah. Manual dexterity, perception, unexpected courage. Promise is power. Promise is power. Promise of power. Knowledge is power. And then shortcut, crack the case, and two occult invocations. That's nine cards. But the two occult invocations count as one because of Dream Enhancing Serum. So we're good. Mythos, we hit three of nine. I'm hoping next turn we could maybe pick up Essence of the Dream, which we didn't do in the end there. Smash the Investigate and crack the case there just so we're healthy and scan. But let's see what our encounter card is. Electrical Surge. Revelation, Test Agility 2. This test gains plus one difficulty for each AI encounter card in your threat area, which is zero. If you fail, each investigator at your location takes one damage, and Electrical Surge gains Surge. So we're currently a one on two because of Whispers of the Deep. Let's put in the Manual Dexterity to be one up. We're going to slot Promise of Power this turn, hopefully. So let's put Unexpected Courage to be three up. I don't mind the one damage, but I do mind the surge. Minus three. That's exactly a pass. And it draws us crack the case from the manual dexterity. And Dream Enhancing Serum exhausts and draws us a perception. At the start of investigation, we draw a Dream Enhancing Serum and discard Whispers from the Deep. We pick something to slot. If we put perception, we're a three, four, five. No, let's put... Promise of power. I like promise of power. First action. I think we do this plan. We try and smash the investigate and make money. We scan here and see where it gets us to. And then we've got uh, no actions left because the third action, which will be the first action, is to pick up Essence of the Dream. Okay, investigating. We're a three, four, five, six, seven on three. We'll commit Essence of the Dream. Seven, eight, nine on three. And let's put a perception in as well. 10, 11 on 3. Oh, we add a curse. Promise of power. 11 on 3. Elder sign. Double the icons is 15 on 3. We have succeeded by 3 or more, so we need to record that we've interpreted the dreams. We draw a card from Perception. It's a Eureka. We get a clue. And we play Crack the Case to gain 3 resources. Do we... Just play the other crack of the case and gain another three resources. Yes, let's do it. Our hand is very full. Hand is now Eureka and Perception. 
Shortcut, two occult invocations, Jeremiah Kirby and Dream Enhancing Serum. We could play the other Dream Enhancing Serum, but let's not. First action was draw, second action was investigate, third action is scan, there are no clues in our location. And if we do that here, we have to add a clue after we scan. We're looking for the blue T symbol. It's the third card down. Oh, sugar. It is an enemy. It is JV7 Hyades, the artificial co-pilot. Two fight, three health, two evade. It's AI and machine traded. Pretty cool art. It's aloof and alert, so it's not on us, thank goodness. Action, parlay, test willpower three. If you fail, JV7 Hyades attacks you. If you succeed, choose one of the icons below, scan, Search for the topmost card in the scanning deck with the chosen icon and draw it. Shuffle the scanning deck. It hits for a damage and a horror. And the two icons, one is the blue T symbol, which is where we are. So there's a way of doing a scan without needing to clear the clue from our location. The other symbol is a green sort of three dots, like sort of bulbous dots. And that is not any of the locations. So... That's kind of cool that that's a possibility to scan for that because that is, yeah, it's not one that we can get just by scanning in particular locations. That's our three, isn't it? Luckily, JV7 Hyades is aloof, so it doesn't attack us. In upkeep, Dream Enhancing Serum readies. We draw a card, it's Eureka. So we tap Dream Enhancing Serum and draw an unexpected courage. We go up to 13 resources. Well, thanks, Promise of Power and Crack the Case and all of that stuff. Hand. DES, Kirby, two occult invocations, shortcut, perception, two Eureka's, unexpected courage. We hit four of nine doom, and our encounter card is Haunting Past. It's a peril, and it's a scheme. Wow, the art is a kind of classical astronaut outfit, but there are hands all clawing at it. It's like the astronaut has passed out and it's being dragged somewhere. Revelation, test willpower X. X is your memories, which is three. If you fail, search the encounter deck for the topmost hidden card and draw it. Shuffle the encounter deck. With Promise of Power, we're a six on three. So I think I just leave it at that. Um, no, I'm going to put a Eureka in. We have lots of cards in hand. The reason I'm putting a Eureka in is I'm thinking we're going to need more willpower icons if we want to parlay with JV7 Hyades. So I'm going to fish for them with Eureka. Seven on three, minus one, six on three. Eureka shows us obsessive, inquiring mind, or manual dexterity. Inquiring mind is exactly what I was hoping for. There's a clue on our location, and obviously parlaying with JV7 Hyades doesn't remove the clue. So that, if we can get lucky here, we slot that, and then we go crazy with the parlaying and see how we get on. I feel like we're in the right place. I wonder if the infirmary would have given us those radiation tablets to protect us from damage. There is that set aside virtual access key, which I don't know how to get that yet. At the start of investigation phase, Amanda does Amanda things. She draws a burning the midnight oil to Lee Ellis. Windmill slam that inquiring mind and use that. That means we're parlaying at two up. So first one, I'll put a Eureka, uh, an unexpected courage in to be four up. It's a plus one. That's nice. 
and we get to scan. We have to choose an icon that we scan for. Let's choose that weird green blob because it feels like it's important. Okay. Oh, there's the green two bars at the top. The next one is the green blob. Cyber virus. Peril and hidden. It's an enemy. Two fight, two health. It's two per and four evade. Peril hidden. Secretly add this card to your hand. Forced. After you discover the last clue from a location, spawn cyber virus engaged with you. Highly virulent techno-organic viruses are often used by computers as natural defense mechanisms against virtual invaders. Victory one hits for two horror. I was thinking this turn we'd just keep scanning. Let me just have a reassess. There's another line of play here. It would be investigate. We are a six on three which would spawn the cyber virus. There'd be no clues on our location, though, so inquiring mind would then be blank. And then if we wanted to fight the cyber virus with a cult invocation, we'd be a three, four with a card. Could put the perception in five, six. I feel like we can do that in a future turn. The cyber virus in our hand isn't doing anything. It's just sitting there. So let's, I think, while the inquiring mind is down, keep parlaying with JV7 Hyades. So we're a five on three parlaying again. We'll put in the other Dream Enhancing Serum, 6v7. And I think the other Eureka, 6v3, 7v3. Curse, 5v3. Minus two, that's a pass. We've cleared a curse. I think we've put five curses in, which is kind of nasty. Search the top three. We see a working a hunch, obsessive. Or burning the midnight oil. I'll take the working a hunch. Ooh, that's kind of nice. We could still go for the kill now. Our deck, by the way, has six cards left. I just love this deck. I think it's. I don't think I, by saying I love it, I don't think I've made a, an amazing deck. I just love the way it plays. Quick hand check. Are we going for another one of those green blobs? I think we do. I think I think we're onto something here. <laughs> Time is tight, but I think we're onto something. If it's another. Virusy thing, that's a problem. Okay, there's one that is green. The, the top card is green blob and also the pilot symbol, the, the ship's bridge symbol, the blue T. This is K2PS187 Cybernetic Brains. It's another story card. You finally uncover the direct access point to interface with the Tatadamalian's main computer, K2PS187. By the way... <laughs> I just had to pause. I was uh, disturbed. Literally disturbed, not not mentally disturbed. Although, that too. And I was starting, I just the doubts were creeping in. We're at four and nine doom, three of seven damage, two of seven horror. And I was thinking, am I barking up the wrong tree? Should I have just gone to the infirmary? Is this... Yeah, am I just... Oh, I just got it wrong and I've I've decided that I need to go to the ship's bridge and work on the computers there. So that's cool that it's this. However, you quickly realise that disabling or rewiring it will not be as simple as you anticipated. K2PS187 is not a true computer at all and is actually a cybernetic organism. Deep within the mechanics of the ship's bridge is the computer core and within it are the disembodied brains of six young children. These brains are linked together to form a very powerful supercomputer. This is insane situation sickens you to the core. Who would do such a thing? Damning these minds to an eternity of calculating ship trajectories and processing algorithms. You feel guilty 
knowing that you must have been part of this heinous crew. Each investigator adds one tally mark to their memories, regardless of their location. Advance to Act 2B. Add this card to the victory display. It's Victory 1. Here's another act after this. The Realm of Dreams. It would be impossible to physically bypass or rewire K2 PS187. However, there is another way to repair the computer. If you can reprogram the cryosleep chamber's dream protocols to interface with K2 PS187, you will essentially create a pocket reality in which you can virtually interact with K2 PS187 within its dreams. From there, you'll be able to bring the poor minds back to their senses. However, without proper psychological conditioning, entering the virtual reality may be damaging to your identity, leaving you in a state of decoherence. Although some of your procedural memories have returned, your self-identity is still out of tune. You may want to explore the ship and remember who you used to be. Put the set-aside virtual access key story asset into play under any investigator's control. That investigator may choose to add it to their deck. This card does not count towards that investigator's deck limit. Let's take a look at it and then we'll look at Act 3A. It's a two-cost asset with willpower and double wild icons. Virtual access key, key to the gate of dreams. Item charm and relic traded. Takes up the accessory slot, which is kind of fine. We don't have any accessories in this deck. Reaction, when you would take horror, exhaust virtual access key, cancel one of that horror. Inside, wrapped in a discoloured parchment, was a huge key of tarnished silver covered with cryptical arabesques, but of any legible explanation there was none. That's H.P. Lovecraft, the silver key. Well, we'll take that. Act 3A. Reconnected. You must find a way to reprogram the cryosleep chambers to access K2 PS187's virtual dream dreamscape and calm it down. Objective. After an investigator at the cryosleep quarters performs a scan matching the icon below, which is the weird green blobs, regardless of whether it's successful or not, you may advance. Hmm. Beware, remember to collect as many memories as you can. We're on four memories. The reason I went hmm, at the moment the way we can do that scan is through JV7 Hyades, the co-pilot but we need to be in the cryosleep quarters to perform a scan of that. So do we just engage JV7 and move twice, taking two damage and two horror to get there and then scan? Or is there a way of scanning in the cryosleep corners for, for blue triangle, which would then allow us to scan in that way? We have one action left. We've got a couple of options. Could working a hunch here to get a clue which would spawn the cyber virus on us and we could then occult invocation we're a three on two fighting this cyber virus we would discard burning the midnight oil to be four on two commit perception to be six on two and that would kill it and then we could shortcut into the artificial gravity malfunction mess hall which would get rid of it at the end of the round i think we do that we do a bit of clear up Think we head to the cryosleep quarters. How many cards are left in the scanning deck? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I can see all sorts of icons as I do that. I wonder what a good memory count to go for is. The nice thing is actually if we if we do do that and shortcut into the mess hall, 
Next turn, we're in position at a location with no clue to scan there. And then we could move to cryosleep, which also has no clues, and scan there. So yeah, let's try this out. We'll pay two to work a hunch, which gets us this clue. After you discover the last clue from a location, spawn cyber virus engaged with you. It's peril and hidden. It's a 224. We'll then pay two to play a cult invocation. We've got two intellect plus one from Jeremiah is three. Inquiring mind does nothing because there are no clues here. So we're three on two. We'll discard this burning the midnight oil to be four on two. And we'll commit perception to be six on two. Curse, four on two. Minus two, perfect. Whoa. Squeaky blum, bum time. That draws us a card with perception. It's another burning the midnight oil and the cyber virus is added to the victory display. And then we'll shortcut into the mess hall. And at the end of the round, we are at the mess hall. So we get rid of the artificial gravity malfunction. Okay, that's kind of good. Our hand is now Jeremiah Kirby, occult invocation and burning the midnight oil. After all of our efforts, suddenly our hand is kind of worn down. Upkeep draws us an inquiring mind. That's great. We got 10 resources. Mythos, we hit five of nine doom, and our encounter card is haunting past. This is now willpower four because of our memories. So it's test willpower X, X is your memories, which is four. If you fail, search the encounter card for the topmost hidden card and draw it. Well, we're willpower two against four. There's nothing we can do here. Skull, that's a zero. So we search the encounter deck for the topmost hidden card and draw it. Well, literally the next card, which is Hallucinatory Holograms. Hidden in peril, secretly add this card to your hand. At the end of your turn, if there is at least one AI encounter card in your threat area, take two horror and discard Hallucinatory Holograms. As a double action, you can also discard it. Okay, it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's not great. We draw the Occult Lexicon at the start of the investigation phase and discard the Inquiring Mind underneath us. I think we play that Occult Lexicon, you know. That's a nice way of doing damage. And with only three cards left in our deck, we're going to draw into the other cards easily. So I'm going to put Jeremiah Kirby underneath us. First action, play Occult Lexicon. Draws us one blood right, shuffles two into our deck of three cards. That's nice because it just... The chance of Dream Enhancing Serum kicking in now to draw us through the rest of our deck is really nice. And that would be what? Looping our deck twice? That's no bad thing. Second action, I think we scan here. We're looking for yellow circle. And then third action, we make our way to the cryo sleep or we visit the infirmary. Yellow circle is the second card. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's another enemy. It's LRO2 Harley. Three fight, two health, four evade. Humanoid, AI, and machine. It has aloof and retaliate. It has a forced effect. After you defeat this enemy, scan. Search for the topmost card in the scanning deck with the icon below. Again, the green circle thing and draw it. Shuffle the scanning deck. It's aloof, so it's off us at least. Can we kill it? First action was a cult lexicon. Second action was scanning. And we can bloodlight, right? Just do two damage. Get rid of it. It would scan us for green, but do we want to scan green? The other option is next turn we engage Harley 
move to cryosleep quarters and then that take a damage and horror and then kill it. So I think we scan again here, you know. There's no limit. And if there's another yellow circle here, we just see if we find another memory. Yeah, there is another yellow circle, second card. Ah! It's the green two lines. It's a location. Ventilation shaft. Revelation, put this location into play. Two shroud, one clue. An endless maze of cramped and dirty tunnels. So it connects the infirmary, the ship's bridge, and the mess hall. It has a forced effect when you would enter ventilation shaft, just agility three. If you fail, cancel the effects of the move. Okay, so it's hard to get into it. I wonder if there's memories in the ventilation shaft. It looks like there are, from a little glance at the icons on this scanning deck. There's a lot of icons. What if there is something in the cryosleep quarters scans, which is blue triangle, that would allow us to scan for green blobs? Anyway, that was our last action, that scan. We don't get hit by Harley. Upkeep, we draw obsessive. That's a bit annoying. And we got up to nine resources. Mythos, we hit six of nine. We do kind of have to hurry up. And our encounter card is decompression. Attach this to the nearest access location. That's fine. We'll put it on the cargo hold. It's that or the ship's bridge. And that's the one that does three damage if you're there at the end of the round. Start of investigation, we draw I've got a plan. We need to put pick something to put underneath us. I guess we put burning the midnight oil underneath us. And then obsessive kicks in. When your turn begins, discard one non-weakness card at random from your hand. It's the I've got a plan. Hallucinatory holograms, which was hidden in our hand, said at the end of your turn, if there's at least one AI encounter card in your threat area, which there isn't. So we could kill Harley, which gives us a scan, move to cryosleep quarters and scan again. And we're going to be losing another card from Obsessive, but that's okay, I think. So let's play Bloodrite, draw two cards. It's a Bloodrite and a Bloodrite. Great. Dream Enhancing Serum draws us into our last card, which is a Manual Dexterity. And then we pay two resources to discard the Inquiring Mind because there's no clues anywhere. And probably the Manual Dexterity to deal two damage, which defeats Harley. And scans, we're looking again for the weird green blobs, the sign of virus symbol. There is one right at the bottom of the deck, into the archives. Within the digital environment of the ship, you come across a vault containing petabytes of encrypted data. Petabytes? Petabytes. It appears that the Tatamalian's archives contain the brain scans and histories of hundreds of people from the 20th and 21st century. Curious, you search for your own name and are surprised to find files corresponding to your past life. According to these records, you were institutionalized after attempting to sabotage a theater play. You live the rest of your life in isolation, warning to all of Carcosa and of the one named Heston. After your death, your brain was preserved by the institution and eventually scanned for scientific research. Despite feeling sorrow for your past life, you can finally let go of that reality. Even though it's not exactly the world you expected, you've been given a second chance at life and aim to not repeat the same mistake. Each investigator at your location adds one tally mark, and up to five. I can heal two horror, which heals me to full. Add this card to the victory display, it's victory one. Okay, great. Second action, move to the cryosleep quarters. 
or do we just clear obsessive? No, second action move, third action scan. Here. Looking for blue triangle. There is one. It is the mind machine interface. Wow, story asset. Looks cool. Device traded. It's a woman wearing a kind of goggles and plugged up to a machine. Revelation, you may put this card into play under the control of any investigator. Spend two clues as a group scan. Search for the topmost card in the scanning deck with the icon below and draw it. Shuffle the scanning deck. The icon below is the one we're looking for. Okay, we've got a way of scanning then. and We can do that here. The question is, are there any more blue triangles here that would have memories? And it seems like just from a glance at our victory display, most locations have triggered some kind of a memory. So I wonder if we cheekily do another scan first before we finish. Anyway, we're out of time for the turn. So we do upkeep. We draw an I've got a plan. <laughs> Nearly got a dream enhancing serum out of that. We take a horror, but we exhaust the virtual access key to cancel it. And we got to eight resources. We hit seven of nine doom. And our encounter card is Coolant Leak, Hazard, Revelation, Test Agility 4. For each point you fail by, either choose and discard a card from your hand or take one damage. If you control the EVA suit story asset, I do, you automatically succeed. Haha! Without coolant, heat generating structures in a vacuum would get really hot really fast. Done. Easy. We draw a card as Amanda. It's an inquiring mind. We may as well slot that under us. I mean, it doesn't really matter what we slot. And then we have to lose a card at random because of obsessive. Obsessive is a nasty weakness to have got for Amanda because one of her great strengths is she gets an extra card a turn. And an obsessive says, no, you don't. It's the I've got a plan. He's gone. Right. I think we're nearly done. So I think first we scan for blue triangle and then we've got the clues to scan using the mind machine interface and finish. So let's scan for blue triangle if there are any. There's one right at the bottom. Who am I? Now that the ship's power has been restored and the imminent threat eliminated, you can re-examine the protocols of the cryo chamber in which you are hibernating. The database mentions names and dates you've never heard of before, but that you instinctively know refer to you and your true history. According to the control panel, you were a citizen of the United Colonial Coalition and you were born in 2127 in a city named New Brooklyn. Further details suggest that the ship's AI has been implanting and running a simulation with the bodies of several of the sleeping crew. You probe for more information, but the main network catches on and shuts down the display before you can continue. Each investigator at your location adds one tally mark next to their memories. We're up to six. You may search the top six cards of your deck for a card and draw it. Top six is Eureka, Working a Hunch, I've Got a Plan, Promise of Power, Unexpected Courage, and Obscure Studies. I'll take the Obscure Studies, why not? And we add this to the victory display, it's victory one. So the scan deck has four cards left in it. Two of them are heart symbol, orange heart. We've not even seen how to get orange heart. One of them is the ventilation shaft symbol, and the other is the ship's bridge symbol. I guess orange heart means maybe there's something in the infirmary that lets you get orange heart. But yeah, we've done a pretty good job of scanning, I would say. I think it's okay to look at what icons are in the scan deck. It doesn't say under scanning, don't look at the deck. I guess if you've played once before, you'd know. 
So next, we'll spend two clues and scan searching for the green blobs. After an investigator at the cryoscape performs a scan matching the icon below, regardless of whether it's successful or not, you may advance. So it's unsuccessful because there are no green blobs left, but we may advance and we will. We're at seven of nine doom. I think this is the right time. Wow, it's a full art card. Amazing digital landscape through the gates of the virtual dreamlands. By connecting to the ship's mainframe, you adapt the cryo chambers to import your soon-to-be-dreaming self into K2 PS187's dreams. You lay down in your coffin once more and activate the machine's sleep sequence. Resolution 1. You find yourself standing in a field of grass. You're no longer on the Tatadamalian, but you don't recognise this place either. The sky is black and seething, the sun unable to penetrate the dark, rolling storm clouds. Metallic cylinders with red, pulsating lights stand tall in the distance, looming above a small town. This system's pocket dream reality is like nothing you've ever experienced. The colours, textures, sounds and scents are startlingly realistic. Behind you is a large obsidian door, a virtual gateway to represent your arrival. You are surprised to see a little girl walking towards you. You got here just in time. Please follow me quickly before the monster eats my friends. In your campaign log record, Amanda entered the virtual dreamlands by her own means. If an investigator was defeated, resigned, or ended the game with cybervirus in their hand, that investigator must record in the campaign log that their name has been infected by the cybervirus. If at least one copy of the Reminiscence Treachery is in the victory display, add one tablet token to the Chaos Bag for the remainder of the campaign. Wow, we dodged that. Each investigator earns experience equal to the victory X value of each card in the victory display. Proceed to Scenario 2, Electric Nightmare. Well, there is quite the stack of cards in the victory display. We have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 VP. That's killing Harley, the cyber virus, and Deem, and then five story cards. Going for that victory two and the doom from what type of ship is this early on? (laughs) And that is the end of scenario one of Dark Matter, the Tattered of Alien. What did you think? How was it to hear a scenario that you might not have played before? If you've played it before, how was hearing this as well? I'd love to hear. You can play this on Tabletop Simulator. And Arkham Cards has it in its campaign app, so you can follow it on there as well if you want to. I loved that. I thought that was amazing. Apart from Tessilda, it felt like everything was hitting the right notes and was just so cleanly done. I don't think Axolotl is hoping for a a review of each scenario as I play them. I just thought that was really thrilling. It felt spot on in terms of tempo and pace. Lots of nice twists and turns and surprises, things jumping out. I felt able to cope with it mostly, but it also felt challenging and it felt like it was putting me through my paces. And I like that it kind of rewarded us thinking carefully and deciding, right, well, if we go here, this happens or that happens. So yeah, that was really fun. I really hope you've enjoyed this. Let me know what you think. If you're a patron, you can come and talk to me about this on our Discord. Discord's open to all patrons at any tier. You can get in touch with us with Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com. We're Drawn to the Flame on Facebook, Twitter, Designed by Humans, and Patreon. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoy this as much as I have, and I'm really looking forward to the next part 
of Dark Matter. Bye! Thank you.